Good evening. Good to see each one of you in the Lord's house tonight. Would you stand with me? And let's turn to page 566. Page number 566. No, not one. We're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 5 together tonight. Page 566. Sing it out together. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. There's not an hour that he is not near us. No, not one. No, not one. No night so dark, but his love can cheer us. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Was there a gift like the Savior given? No, not one. No, not one. Will he refuse us a home in heaven? No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Amen. Great start tonight. Amen. That's a blessing tonight. Sure thankful for our great God. Amen. Uh, sure glad you're here uh, tonight. Of course, this is the oasis in the desert. Amen. And uh, mercy. But I'm telling you, I have enjoyed the sunshine the last three days. Amen. Uh, when you get 60 degrees in January in Kansas, that just gives hope right there. Amen. Uh, so what a blessing, but sure thankful that you're here uh, tonight. I know we probably have some tuning in as well online and sure glad uh, for that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight and uh, certainly pray for our classes uh, downstairs as well as our youth uh, meeting uh, tonight. And uh, let's just pray God would have his hand on everything that is said and, and done here at, at Faith Baptist Church. So I'm going to ask Brother Rich Raymer back there if you would pray for us tonight, brother. Yes. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I did just want to mention a few announcements uh, tonight. Of course, this coming Friday and Saturday is the Midwest Couples Retreat. And so again, couples, if you did sign up to go to that, uh, make sure that you've turned your uh, money in for that. It's $190 uh, per couple if you're staying there uh, at the uh, hotel. And, and so again, make sure that you do that. And then, of course, don't forget about the first session is uh, Friday uh, evening at 5 o'clock, and so looking forward uh, to that. Uh, pray for me as I'll be preaching uh, that uh, meeting, as well as uh, my wife's going to be speaking to uh, the ladies. So we've had a lot of studying going on this week, amen. And uh, I wrote three messages, I did three messages yesterday, I did three today, and my head's about to pop right now, amen. Uh, but looking forward to a great weekend uh, in the Lord. Also wanted to mention this, this coming Sunday night, uh, Brother Tim Quinlan, our youth director, be preaching again. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, February the 5th, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, make sure that you're aware that there are some basketball and volleyball games. That's Monday, uh, this coming Monday. Uh, we had to reschedule those, so that's, those are this Monday. It'll be here at home at 6 o'clock in the evening. And then also, if you have kids uh, in the uh, youth group, there is a youth rally at Temple Baptist Church in El Dorado, Kansas, and that is Friday, uh, February the 9th. Of course, a whole lot of other things coming up through the month 
of February and excited about what God uh, has for us. Did also want to mention this, there's still some plenty of those bookmarks uh, back there that has some of the major things here for our church this year. If you would like uh, to get one of those, you certainly uh, can. Okay, let's go ahead and take our prayer list out uh, tonight. And I'm uh, going to get right uh, to it tonight. Do have some updates and things I wanted to mention tonight. Of course, good to see Brother Raymer uh, here tonight. Had his hand surgery last week. Doing really good from that. Thankful, uh, very, very thankful uh, for that. Also wanted to mention, too, Henry Perez there, the third uh, name down. Uh, that's Miss Kristen Kennedy's grandpa that we were praying for. It looked pretty bad uh, last week. He was in uh, the critical care unit over here in Olathe. And uh, he actually uh, got to go home uh, this week, and so that was a real blessing uh, and an answer to prayer uh, there. So he just completely uh, made a recovery there and was able to get back uh, home. And, and so do, do, do continue to pray for him and, and certainly their family, uh, as I know they have been going uh, through quite a bit. Also, something else I wanted to mention uh, tonight is... Um, uh, on the uh, other requests there, uh, the Carolyn Nash uh, family for bereavement, that is a, a, a friend or a, um, that is the mom of a coworker of Miss uh, Philly Watson. Uh, and um, if you would pray for that uh, family, uh, they, the husband of Miss Carolyn, uh, her dad, her coworker's dad, is not doing very good with his health. And so just a pretty serious situation there. And so uh, this family could just use a lot of prayer right now. And so let's pray. Uh, for them uh, tonight uh, as well. Has anybody got a prayer request or an update uh, tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? Okay, Brother Will Kennedy. Good, praise the Lord. Yep, I was wondering about that. Good, that's a real blessing uh, there. Okay, so that's Edmund Doza that was in that uh, car accident, and so thankful that he is uh, recovering uh, from that. Anybody else uh, tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? All right, Ms. Kristen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's Jesse Esparza, right? Okay, and so that's Miss Kristen's cousin and had a stroke and has, has a brain bleed as well, you said? Okay, so uh, uh, let's add him on to our uh, prayer list and uh, certainly uh, pray for Will and Kristen and uh, just everything they have been going through. And um, it's a real blessing to see them right in their spot in church, amen. Uh, but uh, just pray for their family. I know they would appreciate uh, that. Okay, Brother Raymer. Amen. That's a blessing. And I uh, got it down to a patch now, amen, and a uh, big Band-Aid on there, so thankful for that. So he's doing good. All right. Brother Brother David. John Cassidy. Mercy. Okay. All right, so let's add on there John Cassidy with colon cancer, and uh, let's pray for him. So, absolutely. Okay, Brother John? Right. Okay. Yeah. So... Okay, so that he did, yeah, we added him on the prayer list last week. And so he did go, I know he had an appointment this week, so it is kidney cancer. Okay, all right. So he's on the uh, bottom of the second column there, Kirk Staley. And uh, if probably if many of you saw him, you would recognize him because I know him and his family's been here uh, several times as they're uh, friends with John and Sammy Ellis as well as Jack and, and Lizzie. And so it is kidney cancer. And uh, just a young man. Uh, and uh, so let's pray for this uh, family and, and certainly pray for him as he goes through these uh, treatments. So, Anybody else tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer, Ms. Alicia? 
So Mike, what was the last name? Arroyo? Okay. A-R-R-O-Y-O. Oh, yeah, I would have been close. So he fell and has a brain bleed. Okay. All right, so that's Mike Arroyo. And, uh, and so let's pray for him and add him on the prayer list and sure hope he's okay. Mercy, man. Kidneys and brain bleeds. That's mercy. All right. Need to, need to pray for these folks. All right, Brother Jacob. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So let's pray. Continue to pray for Mark Curley. He's on our prayer list. And let's pray for this surgery coming up Monday. So no doubt about that. Okay. Brother Griffin. Okay. Yeah, that was a blessing there. I appreciated that picture uh, that you sent me. Good. Amen. It's a blessing. All right, so uh, we can take Brad Sullivan off the prayer list. That's a blessing there. Okay, Miss Abigail? Okay, so Abigail Gutierrez has an unspoken. Okay. Anybody else tonight? All right, Miss Rachel? Yes. Right. She's good to go. Okay, praise the Lord. That's a blessing there. Amen. All right, Colton? All right, Colton Kirk has an unspoken. So. All right, anybody else tonight? Okay, mercy. Well, we've got a lot of prayer requests tonight, amen. But I know a God that can handle them all, don't you? And so let's go ahead and have our men uh, come tonight. And I'm uh, going to take these things, uh, uh, take up our offering uh, tonight. But let's do keep track of our prayer list and, and certainly continue to pray. And I uh, do want to ask if we'd continue to pray for our missionaries, our church planners as well. And, uh, and certainly remember these that are lost and need to be saved. Amen. And uh, so let's pray for them tonight. Brother John Ellis, won't you pray for us tonight, brother? Amen.
Let's all stand together one last time. Turn to page 585. I'm thankful that we have a God that hears our prayers. We need to tell it to Him. Page 585. I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Let's sing the first, second, and last verse together tonight. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. He always loves and cares for His own. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. If I but ask him, he will deliver. Make of my troubles quickly and end. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Oh, how the world of evil allures me. Oh, how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus, and he will help me over the world, the victory to win. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear my burdens alone. I must tell Jesus, I must tell Jesus, Jesus can help me, Jesus alone. Aren't you thankful for the Lord's help tonight? Amen. Let's remain standing. Get your Bibles ready for the message tonight, please. Appreciated the songs tonight, amen. And uh, I, I've, I've been needing a lot of help today, amen. And uh, I'm glad to know the one that can help, amen. And uh, just a real blessing. First uh, Timothy chapter number five tonight. First Timothy chapter uh, number five. Uh, of course, we've been in our studies here in the pastoral epistles. I'll mention that here in, in just a moment. Uh, but First uh, Timothy chapter number five uh, tonight, and I think as we start reading tonight, you'll probably see why I've been needing help today. So I remember my pastor one time going through the book of Acts, and he got to a difficult passage in the book of Acts, and he said, you know, he said, this is the bummer about expository preaching, is sometimes you get to those hard passages, and you can't skip over it, otherwise everybody will know. So, amen. So that's where we are tonight. First Timothy chapter number five, look at verse number 17. So the Bible says this, and of course this is Paul addressing young Timothy here as he's left at the church at Ephesus, and he says, "Let the elders that rule be counted, uh, let the rule, elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward." Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses, them that sin rebuke before all, okay, that others also may fear. So what I would say to you tonight is this, is that in the previous passage, if you were here last week, we, we kind of, I just titled it this, Dealing with Widows, because that's really what it was, Dealing with Widows. So tonight, we're just going to title it this, Dealing with Pastors. Because that's ultimately what is taking place here uh, tonight. So let's pray and ask God's help tonight. Father, thank you. Thank you tonight, uh, Lord, that we, Lord, we can come to difficult things and we can still deal with them as mature believers. Lord, I know tonight I need your grace as I certainly want to communicate clearly. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for Faith Baptist Church and I'm thankful for the care of this church to my family, and I know that our staff could say the same thing. And so, Lord, I just pray that there would be great understanding tonight and great liberty. And, Lord, I, I certainly, when I step back and, and look at not just Faith Baptist Church, but just 
churches in general as a whole today, this passage is missing. And as a result, there are a lot of testimonies that are being destroyed today. So Lord, help us not to take this passage lightly tonight, but Lord, to see it for what it is, to make some applications and draw some principles away from it. But Lord, at the same time, Lord, help us to be reminded that this is about our testimony as a church body staying intact. And so would you bless the preaching now, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? So as already mentioned, we are continuing our series on uh, the pastoral epistles, of course made up of 1 Timothy and and 2 Timothy, as well as the epistle of Titus. And, and of course, we're here in 1 Timothy. And I, I've mentioned this, and I certainly mentioned it last week, but this book helps us, these books rather, help us with what is called church polity. Church polity is simply this. It is ethical principles on how a church should handle its business. Okay, that, That's all it is. And, and certainly we saw that come to light uh, last Wednesday as we learned how uh, to deal with, with widows. Now, now here's what we're going to see uh, tonight. If you go back to verse number 3, the Bible says this, Honor widows that are widows in, indeed. But now we get to verse number 17 where it says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. And so where the widows are to be honored... The idea here is that pastors are to receive double honor. And so Paul here is turning to the elders or pastors of the church at Ephesus, and he's giving Timothy instruction on, on dealing with them. Now, let me explain something here. And if you remember, I, I made this statement last week. I, I said this, there's more than one way to move a church from its intended purpose other than false doctrine. You understand what the purpose of a church is. In fact, we dealt with it at the end of chapter number three. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So, so the church's responsibility is to, is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and stand upon the truth of God's word to uphold it. But sometimes the demands and needs of the people can begin to turn it into something that God never intended for it for it, for it to be, and, and such was the case of widows, which, which is why he, he dealt with that. And, and you and I need to be reminded tonight, the church is not to be an orphanage. Not, not knocking those ministries at all. Not, not at all, but, but I'm just saying to you, that, that's not the purpose and the intention, the main purpose and the main intention behind the, the Lord's church. It's not an orphanage. It's not a, it's not a food shelter or, or a homeless shelter. Definitely not an animal shelter. All right, well, so, no, never mind. So, so you understand, it, it's not, no, 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 no. It's, it's the pillar and ground of the truth. So, so we would understand that, all right? And, and, and so the idea here is, is this, is that, is, is that the, the church is not to become any of these things. Its primary focus is to be the pillar and ground of the truth and to say and to say this, that a widow is to be honored, and then to say now that the pastor is to receive double honor, I would say to you this, that speaks to that very point. You understand? When it says the widow is to be honored and the pastor is to receive double honor, it's not saying, well, the pastor is a more important human being than the widow. It's not what that's saying. All right? What it's saying is this. It demonstrates the importance that a church is to remain on course. And that its primary purpose is to preach the gospel. And so where the care of a widow should fall first to his or her family, the care of the pastor should fall primarily to the church. And Well, why? Because the church needs a pastor. Church needs a pastor to preach the word of God. And thus staying on course and true to her purpose in existence. And so what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this. That's exactly the point of the text and what Paul is dealing with here. Now, before we dive into this, all right, tonight and, and get into all of these things, I do want to kind of explain a, a couple of things here so that we're, we're all on the same page. 
Notice there in verse number, verse number 17, it says, Let the elders, all right, that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and, and doctrine. And so the first thing that I want you to understand is the word elder uh, right here in the text. It's not talking about a 20-year-old Mormon in, in a Walmart, all right? That's not... I saw, I remember one time we got out of church and I was, anyways, and I was like, an elder, you don't look very old. And anyway, I was just wanting to aggravate him. So, but that's not, you don't have to be old to be a pastor either. Amen. So I better, I got to be careful of that now. So (laughs) focus, focus. this is, see, this is why I should stay with my notes. Amen. Depending on the context, elder can either mean an older saint or a pastor. All right. And, and we touched on this briefly when you go back to verse number one of chapter number five. It says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. But then if you'll notice in verse number two, the elder women as mothers. So this would obviously be talking about older saints, all right? Though there could have been some of those elder men that were pastors there or, or on staff there at the church at Ephesus. We would understand that. However, in our text, it makes it very clear that this is talking about a a man of God. This is one, he says, that labors in the word and in doctrine. So this is talking about a pastor. Does everybody understand that? So elder, elder is one of those three words, three names or titles that are used in the Bible to describe the office of a pastor. There's elder and there's pastor and there's bishop. And every one of those terms has a a connotation with it that that describes the responsibilities of the man of God. Obviously, a pastor is a shepherd, so that implies one that's leading and feeding the flock. The term bishop implies overseer, and the term elder is one that rules over the, the flock. It even talks about here, the elder that rules well. And please understand this, when it says rule, that implies leadership, not dictatorship. All right, so you got to understand that. This is not about you blindly doing what the pastor says. That's not what you're called to do. All right, it, it is about the pastor doing what God said to do and then leading the people into what God said to do. And one that does that well, he says, he's worthy of double honor. Okay, so the second thing that I want to do here tonight is to issue a disclaimer. All right, because obviously this has to do with paying the pastor as well as the staff. Okay, so that's what we're going to be dealing with somewhat uh, tonight. The church at Ephesus, uh, if you study in the scriptures, you will find that they had, they had multiple elders, meaning men of God with, within the church. We know this because in Acts chapter 20, Paul stopped uh, on the aisle, uh, I believe it was Miletus, and met with the uh, bishops or the elders of, of Ephesus there. Now, so... so Timothy here has been, has been left to pastor the church at Ephesus. And one of the things that's going to happen is this, is that he's going to bring them into the pattern of the church at Jerusalem that Christ started, where there is one pastor and then there, are, um, there, there may be more than one staff. Because when, if you, there, listen, when you have multiple pastors, Anything with more than one head on it is going to be a monster. You understand that? So the biblical pattern is is that there is a pastor and then there are assistant pastors. I don't even like the term associate pastor because that puts the the, the assistant on the same level as the pastor when there's just the pastor. All right? So we need to be clear on that. All right? But, But here's the other thing. He's also going to lead the church into how to take care of those of those men of God. So as we're understanding what this is about, there are some disclaimers that, that I want to give to you tonight, just, just a couple of them. Number one, and I want you to listen to this. If you don't get anything else, that's fine, but please get this tonight. Faith Baptist Church takes wonderful care of me and my family. I expect it to be a little bit louder than that, but but, but the reason that I say that is because as I'm dealing with this subject tonight, 
I don't want you sitting there thinking that we're not, you're not taking care of me and my family and that this is out of a disgruntled spirit or a bitter heart or anything like, no, 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 that's not. It's, this is just where we are in our study of 1 Timothy, okay? And that Faith Baptist Church does take wonderful care of us and we're very, very grateful uh, for that. But, but two, here's the other thing and kind of, I guess, the elephant in the room, so to speak, but though it may seem or, or feel awkward, as it certainly does for me, what I want to say to you tonight is this. This kind of stuff needs to be taught. The, the problem, because this, this is what I have discovered, is that there are a lot of views out there on the subject of paying the pastor or, or not to pay the pastor, and the majority of them are completely out of bounds of the Word of God. And the reason for that is because they are scripturally ignorant and part of the reason for that is because men of God don't teach on these things. All right, so please know my heart tonight. There's no bitterness, there's no, there, there's no, you know, there's no contention, there's no, nothing in my heart tonight that, that motivates me out of simply doing my responsibility as the man of God in teaching the people what the Bible says. And that's where we are tonight. So now as we saw last week, okay, there was, no, there was really no standard or, or ethical principles to go by in, in, in dealing with things like this. We saw this when, when Paul was dealing with, with the widows in, in the church. The only thing really they had to go by was, was the, old, the principles of the Old Testament and the tabernacle and the temple and, and things like that. And, and, and so like the widows, all right, there was no standard for dealing with the pastors or the staff, or, or, or within the church, or anything like that. So, so again, what Paul is doing here is that as he's dealt with the widows, he now moves into, all right, since we're dealing with the financial aspect of helping out the people of God, here's who you are supposed to be taking care of as a church body, and he begins to deal with the pastors. Does that make sense? And so in the Old Testament, now we know this, all right, like, like the widow situation, in the Old Testament, the priests and the Levites, they... They had the responsibility to care for the tabernacle, right? We, we know that. So they handled the worship. They handled the sacrifices and all of that. And uh, they, they did the burning of the incense. And, and, and of course, they taught and, and preached the, the word of God and the law of Moses and taught the people and what was required of them by God. But the idea is to get you to understand, it was a full-time ordeal, and so, therefore, God, began, God commanded that these men would then live off a portion of the tithes and the offerings, the sacrifices, the things that came into the house of God. Now, we also know this, that though the tribe of Levi would grow and there would be a rotation of men that were created, even during the days of David, and, and uh, I think of in the New Testament when you get to like Zacharias and, and the, the father of John the Baptist on his rotation there, uh, in the temple and seeing the angel and all of that. So there was all of that was created. But you understand this principle still continued as men labored in the temple. All right, and so here's the point. Some of these principles carry over into New Testament churches in the care for the pastors. And so what Paul begins to do here is that understanding that, he begins to give Timothy some standards to continue in those things. So look at what he says here, and let's get right into this tonight. The first thing that he begins to deal with is their salary. Look at verse 17 and 18. He says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the labor is worthy of his reward. So, so you understand, though the phrase double honor, it does have to do with respect, value, but, but, but also it has to do with salary, all right? In its context, Paul has just dealt with the widows and said that they were to be honored, meaning they were to be valued, but they were also to be helped financially if they needed assistance. So we would understand that. So now he begins to deal with pastors, and so he says here, pastors should be double honored, meaning this, that the church should financially support him. So like the Old Testament priests and Levites, his responsibilities at the church will consume a great deal of his time. And so having a secular job on top of this only robs him 
of devoting the proper amount of time to the ministry and to his family. And so therefore, please catch this, if a church is able, they should financially support their pastor. Simply put. Okay? So that, that's the idea here. Now, now, understanding that, let me just stop here. Okay? And let's, let's, let's kind of deal with, with some things here because, because I want to say to you tonight, I have, I have been in churches and, and preached in other places and different things like that and tried to be a help to other men of God in churches where, where they were not taking good care of their pastor. Okay? And, and as mentioned earlier, sometimes that is due to scriptural ignorance. Okay? Sometimes. All right? But what I have also found is this, is that sometimes that is due to unbiblical attitudes. All right? And, and when this happened, when, when, at least from my experience, and there, there may be more tonight. I, I, don't, I don't certainly claim to know it all. I certainly haven't experienced it all. The older I get, you know, I used to think I knew all the answers. The older I get, I don't even know the questions anymore. So I understand that tonight. And there may be more, but at least from what I've experienced Usually there are three things that are going on, okay, when, when, when this happens and the church is not properly taking care of the man of God and, and things like that. So let me give you these things. One, one of those is this, the people within the church have a love for money. And you and I need to be careful of this tonight. Money itself is not evil. We understand that tonight. In fact, Paul is going to deal with this later on in Timothy, the love of money is the root of all evil. Listen, money's an inanimate object. We, we understand this tonight. Money is a tool that can be used for the glory of God in the sense that it can help with ministry. We, we understand that tonight. It can help with buildings and, and different things like that. It tracks what, whatever materials and things we need. It can help with missionaries and supplying their needs. But let me also say this. It can also help a pastor and his family and take care of them as they minister and they serve God's people. So God's people need to understand that and not let their love of money just, you know, move them away from doing what is biblical and, and what is right. The, the second thing that I've come across is this, is that the people in the church have a lack of understanding biblical stewardship in the area of finances. What's, what's crazy is that I've seen where people want to build buildings but not take care of the man of God. And, and you understand, listen, folks, we're not in the business of becoming a financial empire. And don't get me wrong tonight, I want to take care of the, of the, of the things of God. I want to be a good steward of the things and, and all of that stuff. I definitely want a new parking lot. Absolutely. I, 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 there, there are all kinds of things that we look at and see and want to try to improve on in all of those things. But, but stewardship of God's money doesn't that require us to use it in the way that God commanded? And here he's commanding to take care of the man of God and his family if you can. And so shouldn't that be one of those things? But here's the third thing, and I think this is probably the most, I guess I, if I could say it like this, maybe not the most popular, popular is probably not the right word, but I guess the most experienced one that, that I've come across and that is this is that the people in the church have had a bad experience with an ungodly pastor one that maybe robbed the church or embezzled some money or something like that or mishandled the things of God and so now the people are skeptical maybe there are some that have been hurt and they're in bitterness or or something like that but what you've got to understand is this is not all men of God are evil Okay, and, and so here's the thing. You cannot forsake the righteous and make them pay for what the evil did. Does that make sense? Don't, listen, don't fall into one ditch while you're trying to avoid another ditch. And, and, and so keep, keep, keep doing right and take care of the man of God no matter what happens. All right, so, so that's, that's, that, that's the, and here's, and here's the thing, other thing from, from what I've seen and, and just some principles here that I'm giving you tonight. When churches do this kind of stuff to their pastor and their staff, and again, I'm not saying Faith Baptist does this at all. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying to you is this. We need to learn from other churches and their mistakes. And what I've seen is this, is that when other churches do this kind of stuff to their pastor and their staff, they're not only hurting the men of God and their families. Listen to this. They're hurting themselves. <laughs> they're robbing themselves of the blessings of God. I never forget one time, I, you know, uh, I was pastoring in Cassville, and 
the, the men of the church had come to me and talked to me about giving me a raise, and I, I just was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I, we were having a revival meeting that week, and I was, in the, I, I was actually spending some time with a pastor there that was more uh, an experienced man of God, and, and I was talking to him about it, and he said, Brother, he said, you are hurting that church. Because you are robbing them of the blessings that God wants to give them for taking care of you and your family. And I never thought of it in that light. And I'm just telling you, he was right. He, he was right. And, and also think about this, when you financially support your pastor, you enable him to invest more of his time in study and preparation of the Word of God, thus benefiting you. I, listen, I'm very grateful tonight, you know, that Eric and I aren't working full-time jobs and then coming in here uh, right after our job and, and trying to give something to you out of the Word of God that we haven't ha I haven't had the proper time to study and prepare for. I'm very thankful for that tonight, but I'm just saying to you, that's a benefit of paying the pastor and, and being a blessing. But also this, and I want you to think about this, when churches aren't taking care of their pastor like they should... They are robbing themselves of manifesting their love for their pastor and staff. Kind words and expressions of adoration are all wonderful, but words don't feed kids and pay bills. You understand what I'm saying to you tonight? How would you like it? All right, let me, let me just give you this. For those that are working tonight, how would you like it if you worked all week and then Friday, when your paycheck was to come, your boss just came over and patted you on the back and said, man, you did a great job this week. I love you. And then walked off. You kind of be going, I think I'm going to find somewhere else to work. Well, you understand, because your, 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 your company shows appreciation for your labor by giving you a salary, by taking care of some of your needs. Well, how do you think pastors and their families feel when a church could take care of their pastor or their family, but they won't because there's a bunch of unscriptural attitudes towards these things. You see what I'm saying? And so that, that's the... Folks, listen to me tonight, and this is the bottom line in a lot of this stuff. It is all temporal anyways. This building's going to burn up. These pews we're sitting in, this pulpit and platform, that parking lot out there is well on its way. It's all, it is all going to burn up even the money that we have. Truth of the matter is, in 10 years from now and all the crazy junk that's going on in our government, we now may not even have cash. But, but you understand, it's all, it's all temporal. So, so here, here's the thing tonight. Why, not, why don't we just agree we're going to do what the Bible says and take care of the men of God in our church and families? Why don't, why don't we just do that? And, and when a church does this, all right, when a church does this, well, here's some principles in doing this. Number, number, the first thing that I see, at least here, in verse number 17, is really the stipulation for the salary. So he says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the Word and in doctrine. So the stipulation is this, that he rules well. Well, what, is, what does that mean? That means this, that he's a good leader, that carries out the responsibilities of the pastor to the best of his ability. That's all it means. As also, note the major part of his responsibility is at the end of the verse, that he labors in the Word of God and in doctrine. So that means this, that he studies the Bible, that he knows what he believes and why he believes it, and then he teaches and preaches it to the people, not fearing men or what they think. That's what a man of God's supposed to do. Okay. What Paul is saying here is this, if you have a man like this, he is a good man of God and he's doing these things and so you should take care of him and his family. Make sure that their needs are met and, and listen, and, I, and, and again, I realize some so-called men of God, they aren't worth a nickel. I, I get all of that, but if you have a good man of God, take care of him. And here's what I would say to you, being that they are becoming more and more rare today. Take really good care of them. And again, I, I believe that Faith Baptist Church, no doubt, does that. Now, the second thing that I see here is the size of the salary. Okay? And here's how you take good care of him. He says this, you double honor them. Okay? Double honor. Double honor means twofold portion. Okay? Now, let me issue a warning right here. Okay? Don't take this out of context. 
and try to make it into something that it was not meant to be. I've heard men say things like this. Well, what you should do is you should get an average of every person's salary within the church and then you double that and that should be the man of God's salary. That's not what that means. You, you, you understand? It basically means this. He should receive a good, healthy salary to meet the needs of his family. That's what it means. If widows are to be honored and financially assisted when they need it, then the pastor ought to be double honored. That's what it means in its context. That's what Paul is saying here. L listen, let me help you with this tonight, okay? There's a danger in paying any preacher, all right? When men, be, when men, are, made the sal men are made the standard for salary. Does that make sense? All right, and what I mean by that, and there's two sides to this, because I've, I've heard, you know, I've heard people say things like this, well, I don't think the pastor should be making any more than what I make. And, and, and I, you know, my, the problem with that is this, what if you don't have any kids and he's got five kids? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because here's the thing, if you're the standard and you had five kids, I bet you'd be looking for a job that paid a little more money. So we need to be careful about making men the stand. Listen, don't, don't let envy and, and your love for money create un, unscriptural attitudes like that. That, that. If that kind of stuff is in your heart, you got some things you need to deal with personally with God tonight. I'm just telling you. And I've, I've actually had people say that to me. I don't think the pastor should make any more money. And I'm not saying here. I've, I, in the past, I've had people say, I don't think the pastor should make any more money than what I make. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. What are you going to do with that? Needless to say, they weren't in church very long because they had an unscriptural attitude. But, but here's the other thing. I've also, also the standard for paying pastors, it, it can't be what other churches and, and other pastors are paying their, or other churches are paying their pastors. Well, why? Because not every church and every situation is the same. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you know, there's no sense in us making ourselves the standard, and there's also no sense in us looking out there and going, well, what is that church paying the pastor? What is that church paying the pastor? I've experienced all of these when pastoring. You know, I've heard people say, well, this church down here did this for their pastor. We should do this for our pastor. And I'm thinking, we can't afford to do that for our pastor. Let's not go take a loan out of the bank to go pay the... That's not how that works. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, so, preacher, how do we determine this? Well, here's what I would say to you tonight. You know what determines what the, the salary should be for the pastor and the staff? The standard has to be the church finances. That's the standard. What God blesses in the giving of the people ought to determine the salary of the pastor and the staff. And as long as the church can remain financially stable and then take care of the needs of the building... Then they ought to, and they have money left over to be able to pay and take care of the man of God, they ought to be able to do that. Or they ought to do that. You, you understand what I'm saying? They ought to double honor him, meaning this, that they simply do their very best to take care of him and his family to their ability. Okay? And I get there are situations. There's guys out planting churches right now, and they're working full-time jobs or working part-time jobs to kind of meet their family's income and supplement their family's income while they're trying to pastor and they got about 20 people in the church and stuff like that. Listen, 20 people in the church have no business giving the man of God a hard time for taking care of the needs of his family. Well, I don't think he should be working part-time job like that. He should, we should just be able to pay him. Well, if you can't afford to pay him what he needs, the guy can't live in Kansas City on $100 a week. You understand what I'm saying? He's got to go out and he's got to do what he's got to do. Don't knock a man for trying to provide the needs of his family. That's just crazy. People get so crazy with some of this stuff. Listen, there's nothing in the Scriptures that says you keep the man of God under your thumb right where you want him. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. And let me, let me help you with this. Look at verse number 18. Because he says, For the Scripture saith, Do you know this? What Paul is giving in the previous verse... He's not giving it out of, out of a, a desire for monetary gain. He's got Scripture backing him up. You ever think about that? He says this, For the Scripture saith. And, and notice here, he gives, 
Now watch this. He gives Old Testament and New Testament. Look at what he says. He says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. That is Deuteronomy 25.4 that says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox when he treadeth out the corn. There you go. What does that mean? When you muzzle an ox, what is a muzzle? That's putting a device over his mouth and keeping him from eating. When you muzzle an ox that is treaded out the corn, you are keeping him from eating of the very thing he helped you to plant. If the ox helped you to plow the field, and by the way, did most of the work, you feed him. Take care of him. And as you take care of him, do you know what will happen? He'll keep plowing fields for you. And you'll have great success. Do you understand it's the same thing with helping a pastor? If a man of God preaches the Word of God, you know what he's doing? He's helping you and your family. That's what he's doing. He's feeding you spiritual food. He's doing the work of the ministry to help the church continue to move forward for the cause of Christ. And the idea is to say this, if he's doing those things, then don't put a muzzle on him. Feed him physical food so he can keep feeding you spiritual food. And as you can tell, I'm doing very well. I just, I ate, man, I ate before service tonight. This diet thing's killing me. But that's the idea. And in doing so, you know, when, when you do that, it, that's how it works. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you and your family are going to be blessed. But now look at the New Testament part of that. Because he also says this, and he says the labor is worthy of his reward. Where's that at? Well, if you go to Luke chapter 10 and verse number 7, when Jesus sends out the disciples, the apostles, here's what he says in verse 7, and in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. Watch this. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Jesus said that. How about that? Let me help you with this tonight. A church needs a pastor. And a church calls a pastor. That's what happens. And a church is the one with the authority who, in essence, or in our terms, or, or however you want to say it, hires a pastor. And so don't, don't call a pastor and don't hire a pastor and don't need a pastor, but then turn around and few, refuse to take care of the pastor. That's not only unscriptural, that's immoral. That's wrong. You have a moral obligation to do. Listen, good, listen, don't get me wrong tonight. Good men of God go where God calls them to go. I know that. Good men of God, and they'll go no matter, no matter what. But I'm just simply saying to you tonight, if a church can take care of them, they ought to do so as well. They have a scriptural and moral obligation to do so. Now, let me give you the second thing, all right, because it's not all good news. Some of you are like, that really wasn't that good news, all right, but... This is, good. this is not good either. Because look down at verse number 19 because he begins to deal with something else. He begins to deal with their scolding. So you have their salary. All right, and then you have their scolding here. So look down at verse number 19. <coughs> it says, Against an elder received not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke before all, <coughs> excuse me, that, that others also uh, may fear. So, so as already mentioned, and, I, and I'm just telling you, I think that this needs to be dealt with as well, mercy in our day and time. As already mentioned, unfortunately, not all men of God turn out to be good men of God. That, that's the reality. And I listen, some do wicked things, okay? And, and so that, that's the instruction, right, what this instruction is going to deal with in our verse. But let me issue another disclaimer, if I could. This ought to warn us tonight of putting our faith in men. You understand this tonight? Please look up here. I'm not perfect. That was a, that you, everybody should have been going, amen. I'm just not. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. There are some times where what goes on in here goes right out of here and, there, and it doesn't pass through the filter. I'm sure that never happens to you. Exactly. Yeah. 
Some of you are like, yeah, that happens to me. Some of you are like, I'm not even talking to you right now. That's Because it does. And sometimes it happens to me. And sometimes I say things or I do things. I don't, I don't have the proper attitude. I'm not perfect. I, I fail just like every one of us all do. So this warns us tonight of not putting our faith. This reminds us of the balance that comes with any man of God. Though he is to be double honored, he is not to be worshipped. Okay? Unfortunately, there are times where a church has to deal with a pastor or a staff member that has done evil or been accused of evil. And let me say this to you tonight, too. Listen to this. Don't leave the church when that happens. I am so sick of that. Excuse me, but if God called you to Faith Baptist Church, why are you leaving when things get difficult? If anything, you ought to think about this. Maybe that's one of the reasons why God called you here. Was to be faithful through the difficult times and to help them. And to be, and to be in your place. Listen, that God puts you here to see them through those things. I, I am so tired of, of well, thing, you know, this happened over here. And, and, and you know, they're, they're trying to find another pastor. So we left the church and we came over here. Now look, I realize that there are unscriptural and unbiblical things going on. And you can see the church going in the wrong direction. I get all of that. But at the same time, maybe you're there to keep them and going in the right direction. So stay where God has called you to stay. All right, and, and I don't, you know, that's just a side note there. But, but also at the same time, let me say this, Faith Baptist Church, if that situation ever arises, we need to deal with that. I said we need to deal with that, and we need to deal with that based upon the principles that Paul gives right here. He gives some things. He gives, number one, he gives some conditions for scolding the, the man of God, dealing, confronting him on some things and things like that rebuking the pastor first he says this there has to be an accusation so look down here he says against an elder receive not an accusation all right so you gotta you know the word accusation literally means this a criminal charge it is a complaint against the pastor for doing something contrary to the word of god that which is immoral and has or will ruin his testimony in the church's testimony and that, that, listen, this is important for you to understand this. Because if someone is complaining about the pastor for preaching something biblical, then the pastor's not the one that's in the evil. They are. Okay? And, and, and even if they have two or three idiots in their support. And yes, I wrote idiots in my notes to make sure I got that one right. Okay, they're still... Listen, that's like the gainsayers of Korah. You know, going against the man of God, Moses. Listen, that, you know, throw them out of the church, let God deal with them. Get, get, let them get right with God. However, okay, if the pastor has done evil, or, this, or a staff member has done evil, he, he needs to be rebuked regardless of his authority. Sin has to be dealt with regardless of his position. Listen to this, we cannot overlook it or ignore it. This is what the church at Corinth was doing. All right, that, that, listen, when you do stuff like that, that makes us look foolish. All right, and by the way, and here's something else, and I heard of a church doing this one time. When, when the, pastor, uh, the pastor got divorced, so the church changed their bylaws so the pastor could stay the pastor. Folks, that is not how this works. We don't change those things either because the bylaws are bylaws, but they're still to be based on this. And the pastor is to be the husband of one wife. And so, listen, if, if something's going on in his home like that, it's pretty obvious he can't lead his home. He has no business leading the house of God. It's already been dealt with in 1 Timothy chapter 3. No, we need to side with the Word of God. Now, the second thing that he mentions here is this. He says this in verse number, verse number 19. He says, he says, against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. So there's an old, this is an Old Testament principle, and by the way, a good one. Because there may be times where you hear of evil being done by the pastor, but they have no other witnesses. And the reason they have no other witnesses is because it may not be true. Okay, and they may be just trying to tarnish the reputation of the man of God. And I'm telling you, this is important in our day and time. 
Because you have things like this Me Too movement and all this other stuff where somebody can just fly off the handle and say anything to attack anybody and make some pretty, uh, pretty egregious accusations. And we got to be careful of that kind of stuff in our day and time. It, uh, listen, it's sad, but spiritual warfare is a reality. And the devil doesn't play fair. And he will use his people to try and ruin the name of Christ by trying to ruin the man of God and his testimony. And unfortunately, there are times where a pastor may need to be removed from office. And if so, this, th- there has to be a biblical accusation, all right, but there also has to be two or three witnesses against him. Both of these conditions must be met. Now look at verse number 20, because here he gives the second thing, all right? He says, he says this, he says, Them that sin rebuke before all. So in rebuking a pastor in a situation like this, and folks, again, this is talking about something immoral. This is talking about something egregious, okay? Something, something uh, very, very wrong and un- ungodly, all right? This is, not, this is not talking about if you say, you know, you might have said something that you shouldn't have said and you need to go apologize. That's not what that's talking about. Is everybody getting this? This is obviously talking about something very serious, okay? All right, so when you have that, all right, This is not to be done behind closed doors. It's not to be done with just the the deacons or the officers of the church. Nope, it's to be done before the whole church. And though this may seem difficult in our day and time where we we want to avoid confrontation, let me help you with this tonight. It is a necessary thing. Because this, 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 this not only hinders rumors from being created or, or things like that or false accusations, but it clears the testimony of the church. You know, something that came to my mind when I was thinking about this is that, you know, we talk about, we talk a lot or we see a lot in the news media and things like this about the, you know, the pedophilia and stuff that's going on in the Catholic church. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. That's in every religion. It's in every denomination, and I realize I'm an independent Baptist, and I'm not a denomination tonight. I understand that. But I'm telling you, it's even happened to well-known independent Baptist preachers. And, and instead of the church dealing with it the way that they're supposed to right here, they kind of tried to sweep it under the rug. And a lot of people are still hurt by that. When those jacklegs should have went to jail. They should have went to jail... And it should have been dealt with publicly before the church. And they should have been ridiculed. And they should have been rebuked. And they should have been embarrassed. And they should have went to jail for it. I'm just telling you that tonight. From this pulpit, I am telling you that tonight. And the reason is, is so that, that those people that got hurt in all of this could be helped and the church's testimony could stay intact. I, I'm telling you, these things are given tonight. These things are given tonight to protect us. And the reason they're not being practiced in our day and time is because people are not dealing with this from the Scriptures. They're not looking at the Bible. There are a lot of people in here tonight probably read right through 1 Timothy and thought, man, I never even thought about any of that stuff. And look at our day and time and going, here's what the Bible, the Bible has the answer right here. Okay, so preacher, what does all this have to do with us tonight? Well, here's what it has to do with us tonight. When men, men of God are not above the rule, they're not. I'm not. Brother Eric's not. Brother Tim's not. None, none of these men and their families are above the rule. Me and my family, we're not above the rule. Those who end up in evil, they ought to be dealt with ethically and biblically. But when you have good men of God that do want to stand by the stuff, and I believe we have those tonight, and they want to lead the people in following the Lord, let me say this to you tonight. Those guys are worthy of their hire. They're worthy of... They're worthy of the church taking good care of them, loving on them, and supporting them tonight. And I want to say publicly tonight, I'm very grateful for Faith Baptist Church. Very, uh, very much so I am. And our staff and our people, the spirit of unity that's in this place tonight. And what I want to say to you tonight is this. Let's keep doing things the way the Bible tells us to do things tonight. Let's all stand tonight.